You're listening to Till Podcast Do Us Part, where you get unfiltered and unapologetic discussions on love, sex, marriage, parenthood, and more. Hosted by your favorite imperfect couple, CJ and Kofi Ponza. Yeah, a better or worse, with a whole lot of fun. It's Till Podcast Do Us Part. Welcome everyone back to Tell Podcast Do Us Part. This is season one, episode three, and Kofi and I are here after a little little holiday break. Yeah. Spent some time off. We tried to get back and do this early, but we got comfortable with our days <laughs> off. So we're back. We got we got a good show for you guys. We got our first guest on the show, and I'm gonna let Kofi talk about that in a second. Um, and basically what we're gonna talk about today is mental illness and sort of mental health and how it affects relationships. And that's not just uh, relationships and spouses and marriages, but also friendships and just the impacts it have, it has and uh, some different topics like that. So we'll talk a little bit about how we cope with these things and how we deal with these things. And basically we're talking about this because we feel like it's important. We feel like everyone deals with mental illness in some capacity, whether it be a loved one, whether you deal with some issues, whether, you know, a friend, a family member, um, it's important. It's something we want to talk about and we don't want to shy away from. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm really excited to have our guests on the show, but Kofi, I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce everyone to our guests so we can get this thing rolling. All right. So our guest tonight is uh, Kristen Thomas. Kristen has been my friend since about, what do we say, 2009, something like that. So she worked um, at the Family Education Center when I got my GED. So Jaden, I think, was one. Yeah, he was a year old. Um, and he went there during the day. And Kristen was, I think, one of the case managers. Or she can she can uh, reiterate that when, <laughs> when she gets on here. Because it was a long time ago. And I can't remember crap nowadays but um so during that time she you know she worked for the family education center but our relationship grew into a really good friendship and um 10 years later we still talk every day and she gives me the great advice that you know anyone (laughs) probably better advice than anyone in my life gives me (laughs) right now but um so yeah uh she's brutally honest even when I don't want her to be (laughs) um she tells me when I'm being a childish baby and I need to grow up and sometimes I hate her for that but then you know the next day I get over it and I love her because I probably was being childish and I needed to grow up so um with that being said I will turn it over to Kristen Kristen can you hear us I can hear you. Hi. (laughs) Um, Hi. So just kind of tell everybody, you know, a little bit about yourself, who you are, how much you love me, that corner, that that sort of thing. So go ahead. I'll give it over to you. Um, First of all, I'm super excited to be your first official guest. (laughs) Um, As a top badge earner on Facebook, I am sort of owed this. So thank (laughs) you so much. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, So, you know, I've known you guys for a little while now. Um, I worked in human services when I met you. Um, Human services took a toll on me, and it actually really impacted my mental health. I left that field um, and work in a totally different industry now, but um, 
when I left that, I took you with me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, it's interesting because I just feel like, um, I feel like I've known you guys longer than I have. Um, it's obviously not traditional to become such great friends with people that you, you know, were working for or providing services to in your career. But, um, you know, I think we just all clicked when we met. There was just something there that, that was easy. You know, our friendship has always been easy. I, I know that you wanted to, like, land blast me and tell me, tell everyone that I'm brutally honest, but I'm really not. I'm probably the nicest person, you know? No, you're definitely, like, the <laughs> nicest, but you're still one of the only ones that are, like, <laughs> that's 100% honest from what I've experienced anyway. So maybe you're not. Maybe there are times where you're not, like, I don't know. No, I, I think most of my friends and family would agree with what you're saying. <laughs> but, you know, that's something that I've also learned over time, too, is it it really doesn't benefit me to not be, and it doesn't benefit the other person either. So, right. uh, you know, I, I, I'm not out to, like, you know, butcher anyone's feelings, but I'm certainly not going to um, pretend that things are okay if they're not okay on something. Um, right. But, uh, so, I don't know. Should I say more about myself? So, I'm a mom. Um, I'm married. I have two kids. Um, I think most most moms would agree that they're like the greatest thing I've ever done and the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, marriage is also one of the greatest things I've ever done, the hardest things I've ever done. Um, but like I, I said, I work can, in a different industry. I think we can yeah, agree, with we both agree with that. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know, in my in my spare time, I like to. Um, cry laugh at 2 a.m. with the TikToks that you send me and uh, that's about all I do for hobbies right now because I'm, I'm busy with with kids and life and mental health during COVID so you know oh, there's yeah. that. Oh yeah so okay well um, thanks for sharing that and kind of start off with our, our first question um, what sort of comes to your mind um, when you hear the words mental health or someone who has mental health issues? What, what do you kind of think about when you hear, when you hear that? So first I always think of the stigma attached to it. Um, You know, so one of the things I think our country really falters on is providing good quality mental health services as just a part of our everyday healthcare. Um, you know, you go for a yearly physical to make sure that your heart works, to make sure that your bones, your muscles, everything, you know, works the way it does. You go for a hearing test. But at what point does someone really kind of say to you, like, how are you? How are you at night when everyone else is asleep and your brain doesn't shut off? How are you when you're in a situation where you're triggered by something? Like, just just the stigma in our country attached to mental health um, is pretty heartbreaking, actually. And that's that's one of the things that always comes to mind. And I think why it's so prevalent for me always, you know, it's always there in my head. Just just be aware. You don't know this person's walk. You don't know what they've experienced. You don't know what they go through, you know, stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So just to throw out there, like, I myself suffer from uh, mental health issues and I'm not really going to shy away from that because I feel like the people who know and love me, um, they know that I have mental health issues. They know that I take medicine for uh, depression and anxiety and, 
and all that good stuff. Um, I probably should be taking medicine for bipolar, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't. And that's, you know, another thing that I'm going to have to work on here eventually. Um, but, you know, do you, do you know, or do you love someone um, with mental health issues? So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so I myself have suffered from severe postpartum depression after the birth of uh, my first child. <clears throat> and I, I really, like, I grew up happy-go-lucky. I had amazing parents, good childhood. I moved a lot, but always, you know, easily acclimated, really never had any type of issues, red flags, anything like that. And then after I had Caroline, um, you know, I, I just kind of fell into this really dark place where I didn't know what was going on because I had this beautiful baby and I was so excited. Ryan and I had finally like, you know, we, we started our family. We were so happy about that. And then kind of as days wore on, it, it was, I always loved having her, but Somewhere along the line, it went from, oh, my gosh, I have this beautiful baby to, oh, my gosh, what if I'm driving across the bridge on the way home and my car goes in the water and I can't save her? What do I do? Right. Um, and it became, it became like obsessive behavior in regards to like situations where I didn't feel like I'd be able to protect her. Um, and then, you know, nothing that Ryan did with her. And, and I have to shout out Ryan really quick because he's an amazing dad, like best of the best. And it was like nothing he did was good enough to protect her. And it, I started picking at him. And, and one day, I just very vividly remember one day being like, do you want a divorce? And he was like, I don't understand why you're asking me this. Ugh. Like, it was just so out of the blue. And, I mean, you guys know Ryan. He was right. very much like, uh, <laughs> what's, what's going on here? And um, I was hallucinating. I, you know, I was in the shower one day and I looked over and I started screaming that there was a snake in the bathroom and it was my hairdryer cord. Oh my gosh. So yeah. So I had like some really crazy experiences. Um, once I learned about postpartum depression and what it was and how it impacts everyone differently, um, you know, I was able to work with my healthcare providers, um, you know, as well as had really good family support, um, was able to start some medication, get myself situated and, um, I was on medicine for almost three years before I was able to kind of come off of it. And that whole experience uh, is what really opened my eyes to mental health and just being aware of other people that have it. I, you know, I became friends with some moms that have also suffered from postpartum. Um, but, you know, I have family members. My husband has family members. We have friends um, that, that mental health, plays a role in their daily lives and just trying to be successful, just trying to get out of bed in the morning. Mm. Um, you know, we, we have a family member that it's, it, it's hard for that person to get out of bed and just start the day. And I just can't imagine the weight of that. Right. Right. God, did, so, you, did you have a question? No, I didn't have, I was just going to say, I think it's interesting because with Jaden, uh, you didn't have any issues with that, but with Lily also, you had a lot of post, you know, postpartum depression and you sort of had like flare ups where you went from doing really well to, you know, you just didn't, you were like, what is going on? Right. Um, and I, and I, and I remember, I feel like maybe I went and got 
medication for it. I think I did, but then I think I felt good after a couple months <laughs> and then I stopped taking it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, oh, I don't need this. I'm good now. Like I didn't really un- have the the understanding of like how it worked because like I remember, like you said, you know, I, I feel like even though I went through so much during my childhood and stuff, like I feel like I didn't really experience or have the feelings of like depression or anxiety until after um, I gave birth to my first son, like after I had that whole, you know, situation with him and I lost him. I think that's when I finally, I didn't know what the feeling was because I'd never experienced it before. Um, And then, you know, like, like you said, I think you just said that, or was it CJ that said it was kind of like ups and downs or whatever? You flared up. Yeah, okay, it was CJ. I I couldn't remember who said that, but um, it was kind of like that, and I never really knew, like, what it was, so I never got medication for it. And then, you know, like CJ said, I was fine after Jaden. I don't remember having any issues after Jaden, but then when I had Lily, it was kind of like, whoa, I should probably talk to my doctor about this because I'm not feeling right at all. (laughs) Um So it's definitely like crazy to look back on and kind of see the differences and the different stages of your life (laughs) as to like when you were okay and then like when you became not okay, you know? Um, Yeah, and it's interesting because I feel like, um, at least for me, my my personal experience is that there tends to be some type of a a trigger or an onset for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there are people that are genetically predispositioned to having some type of mental health issues, challenges. Um, you know, I, I think that, and, and I mean, Ryan is pretty open and honest about his struggles over the years too, but again, Ryan lived, you know, um, had, had ups and downs in childhood, had a good teenage life. We've had good adulthood. And then after we had Jack, who Jack will be five at the end of April. Um, and in the past few years, Ryan has really struggled with depression. And um, it's interesting because when we, we started talking about like, well, you know, what could this be related to? And uh, you guys know he's a diabetic. So mm-hmm. depression is sort of like a hidden side effect of diabetes. But also, um, we've correlated it to the fact that the same age Caroline was when this all started to happen was the same age Ryan was when his biological dad walked out of their life. So, you know, like, is that a trigger? Is that like a subconscious trigger on his part that, um, you know, he's like reliving kind of the same age Caroline was and like, he's such a great dad. So like, how could his dad not be a great dad? Like, you know, like I just wonder does all, and I'm sure it does somehow impact all of that. But um, it's interesting because, you know, I'm I'm hearing you talk about, you know, you felt like after you had Lily, that's sort of when you started to experience some some changes too. But you also got married right away, you know, or not right away, but like when you had Lily, when you were pregnant with Lily, you got married. Right. So, like, you had two major life things happening. That's and true. Maybe I never just, really like, thought maybe, about that. Whoa. Yeah, maybe it was just, like, circuit overload. <laughs> that was a good thing. <laughs> CJ, whoa, hold Wait on. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean, you know, that could put on, like, extra, not stress, but, I mean, like, a, 
you're newlyweds, you feel like you have to do so much more like in a marriage or as yeah. a wife and a mother. Like, I guess I didn't really ever think about well, that. You and know? in general, there was a lot going on at that period of time, because if you really think back to it, you you had some complications with Lily. I did. There were some things going on with Lily. You, you weren't, you couldn't work. You had to stay mm-hmm. home. You were not really bed rest, but you were kind of, you know, take it easy. Don't work. Stay off your feet. We're planning a wedding in the middle of that. Um, you know, then we have Lily and she's got to get surgery, which uh, she didn't have to get surgery. She was for like a seven while. months old. Right. But there was just a lot of little, a lot of little things going on. And yeah, obviously getting married is a huge, uh, a huge event that impacts your life. Uh, mm-hmm. hopefully for the good, <laughs> but it is a <laughs> lot of stress, but I do think it's interesting with the trigger just because I think, so I tend to think that like everyone has mental health issues to some capacity, right? Like I've never been diagnosed with anything. I've never had a doctor really, you know, I've been to therapy and stuff like that just with someone else or in some, some capacity. Now, when I was younger, I had anger issues to me. That's a mental health issue. Right. Um, and I dealt with some anger stuff, but again, never like medicate, you know, never medicated, never really diagnosed. Um, but then like I had my first panic attack, this year right and then had like my <laughs> there's a whole story yeah to that. we'll go we'll do that we'll go and we'll get into that story another day and that'll be like the bonus dvd footage right like we'll, we'll, we'll uh we'll sneak that into an episode um but like even after that you know like i had three or four other instances where it was like just you know paranoia and like think panic and just kind of feeling like i'm having a panic attack and then I, another thing i'll i'll say is that I've always been someone who can take on a lot and manage a lot of things and multitask and it never bothered me. Mm-hmm. You know, my, you, my mom, a lot of people always, you take on so much and you're yeah. running a football program and a business and you, you're working and you're, you're a parent and you're dealing all these things. Never bothered me. Always like really good at managing those things and handling them. They're taking a toll on me now. Yeah. You know, um, I would say the last six months have been like, it's taken a huge toll on, me mentally just and I'm I'm struggling like well why am I all of a <laughs> I'm sudden I'm not used to this right. like, I'm not used to this right. being a thing and why are these things taking a toll on me you know more than they did in the past now is it because I, I run my own business and like now it's that's all we got you know mm-hmm. um whereas before I always had like a backup plan maybe mm-hmm. I, you know I don't know um when I got fired that was a big life change you know and having to come back here but I was kind of happy. I was kind of happy about it, but you know, I don't know. Maybe there was some underlying like right, yeah. fear of failing type stuff going on. Um, so it is interesting. I don't know. I just, to, to talk about the triggers, I think that's a, that's a big thing. Yeah. I mean, different, certain parts of your life, I feel like bring on different, how do I put it? Like, well, your emotions, you know, the, the yeah, way that it's you just process a whole, and deal yeah. with things. And, right. Well, and think about it, too. Like, you know, hopefully most of us mature as we get older. And so we naturally develop better ways to handle things. Mm-hmm. But if someone, you know, someone that has deep-rooted mental health issues, maybe, maybe they miss that piece of development. Maybe that never happened for them, you know? So, like... I think there's just so much that goes into it, but it's interesting because CJ said the past six months and, you know, instantly, of course, the past six months, I just automatically think of COVID-19 and, and, you know, it's just, it's crazy because, um, 
I feel like, especially since school started back, so I, I've been home by myself March till the end of August, and then school started back, and Caroline's home with me every day, and you guys know Caroline. She is easy breezy, such a good kid. She's a good student. I mean, she she's like a little mother hen. She, <laughs> she does everything she's supposed to do, and I find myself being irritated. Like, today I was irritated with her. And it's because we're together nonstop right now. And I just think to myself, like, okay, so COVID-19 has made me feel like a shitty mother. Like, that's what I've gotten out of COVID-19 so far. Because I I just, I get annoyed, I get irritated, I get frustrated. And I just think to myself, like, okay, well, we're living in abnormal circumstances with all these weird restrictions in life and like who knows when life is going back to quote unquote normal if that even exists anymore and then that gives me anxiety I start thinking about it and I'm like well what if she doesn't go back to school what if this what if that and like the other week I had this panic post on Facebook like what private schools are enrolling for the fall because Jack goes to kindergarten in the fall and I'm like "I, I can't have him here while I'm working full time and you know, if Caroline is still here, there's no way that I can have a virtually learning kindergartner. Like, right. that's just not happened. That's just, like, I think of that, and it makes me shut down. I'm like, holy crap, can't handle that mental health implosion about to occur. <laughs> it's, it's not funny. It's funny, but it's not funny that you say that because I was literally laying in bed this morning thinking about Carter because... I was going to do an Amazon flex or something today. And I, I let his teachers know like, Hey, I'm going to be trying to make some extra cash. Like he's not going to be in, in class today, whatever. But he only goes for like an hour a day, but still like, I like, I like to let them know or whatever. But I just started thinking about next year, he's going to have to go to kindergarten next year. Am I going to have to teach him everything? Am I going to have to be a kindergarten, kindergarten teacher next year? Like, and then I started having like, I started getting worried. I was like, I can't do that. Like, I don't, how am I going to do that? I have to do things to make money during the day. I can't teach a kindergartner how to do things right now. Like I'm going to have to, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. Like the expectation of, of virtually teaching a kindergartner, like shout out to all the teachers right now. Seriously. I, I listen to the children on Caroline every day. And I'm like, God bless the teachers. Yes. That's all I can say about it. God bless them. Yes. Uh, they should be making way more money. Like, I just don't even know what to say to them besides thank you. God bless you and Godspeed. Exactly. I think crazy. I emailed, I think I emailed Lily's teachers and I was like, after the first week, I think I was like, listen, I hear you. I see you guys. I listen to how patient you are with these kids and I just want to give you you know kudos to you guys because there is no way in hell I would be able to to be as calm and collective as you guys are like you are rocking it and I am just so thankful that you guys are doing what you're doing because I would never be able to do it I wouldn't yeah yeah me either and and it's crazy because I think you know of the teachers and the kids and and what this is doing to their mental health you know like they went the the teachers they they go to school they earn their degree they go on most of the time to do masters masters plus 30 I mean there's so many things that they put into bringing a quality education to our kids and right now they're being forced to fulfill expectations that are so unrealistic you know they're still being forced 
for kids to have grades and, and yeah. work to be turned in. And I just think like how mentally exhausted they have to be because they put in way more than 40 hours a week during a regular school year. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think I just feel bad because I'm like, gosh, the toll that that takes on their family and their personal life. And it's like just this vicious cycle. And then that leads me into thinking like, okay, Caroline had a really rough day today. And part of me is like, you know, maybe she just needs a break. Maybe she needs a day off. And then like, get it together, Kristen. She just had a day off last week. It was Thanksgiving break. <laughs> you know, it's like, but, but it, you know, and, and just the lack of routine and normalcy for the kids and, and the deterioration of their overall well-being from not being, you know, you, you read anything about elementary school kids and it's like they learn through socialization they learn through socialization socialization you know social media is bad computers are bad ipads are bad screen time is bad and that's how we're teaching them right now through screen time (laughs) and i get that it is what it is and we're in the middle of a pandemic blah 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 blah. i get all of that but at the end of the day you know the kids are sad and then like how does that affect them long term i don't know i hope not not much (laughs) right I think you shared a post a couple of weeks ago and Who, me I mean, or Kristen? no Kristen and I'm not a mother um, but it definitely hit me like I remember the post said something along the lines of like I miss missing my kids right yeah yeah and I was like yeah Lord like this <laughs> this statement right here you know because we sit around and I'm like man like we we yell a lot right now you know and we're irritable and like we're getting on them for every little thing but I'm like they are here 24 7 you know like they can't really go out and do things and they're just always here they're not at school you're kind of schooling them when we go to work when we go to the office they're at the office with us doing Mm -hmm. their school like there's just never there's never any breaks for them and there's never really any breaks for us and you know I, I that just hit home with me because I was like man like now that I think about it yeah, maybe we're human. This is why we're a little more impatient than we normally are because, hey, like we're all around each other 24-7 every single day. Right. You know, um, I just yeah, remember that post true. was huge, you know, for me, like because it reassured me. Like I was like, man, I feel like we're such crappy parents some days, you know, and then I read the post. And I'm like, yeah, this is on the money. I think. Yeah, I think we all feel like crappy parents right now. And, yeah, that's and- just the the nature of our surroundings at the point at this point in life right now like it's yeah uh I think but I hate that though because like you guys are good parents Ryan and I are good parents and at the end of the day I'm left feeling defeated like a failure like I'm not yeah. good enough as a mom because I'm irritable with my kids because you know I'm just with them a lot mm-hmm. and I don't know if this happens at your house or not, but it certainly happens here. And if Ryan were sitting here, uh, he would agree with me with his little smirky smile that <laughs> I like he walks through the door and, you know, he picks Jack up on the way home. He, Jack still goes to daycare right now, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he picks Jack up and he walks through the door and I'm instantly like irritated with him like just looking at him makes me mad and I'm like so jealous I've decided that this is what it is I am so jealous yeah that he still gets to go out like his life has not changed per se due to COVID right So like he still gets to go to work every day he gets to interact and I get that that is riskier than what I'm doing and you know he's subjecting himself to COVID and all that but at the end of the day like I'm jealous that he gets to go out and I'm just 
you know, we live in the middle of nowhere, as you guys know. So it's not right. like I can even, I, I, I've timed myself to Taco Bell and I can get there an hour and back. So I'm like, <laughs> once a month going to Taco Bell for lunch now, just feel happy, just to feel normalcy. And it's just, you know, but you know, kind of start going back to mental health and like, okay, so I've discovered I can get to like Wawa or Taco Bell on my lunch break. So then I'm eating out every day. So then I feel crappy about myself because I'm eating out every day. It's like, it's just this vicious cycle of like mind games. Like, uh, it's just, I don't, can I, can I cut on here? I think I can cut on It's just blatant um, mind fuckery yeah. is what it is. That's like what it has come down to. No, I definitely feel that because even when CJ started going back uh, to the office, you know, he's at the office and he went back by himself, you know, like I'm here with the kids, virtual school, like doing all this stuff here and he's at the office you know doing his work at the office and then he comes back and I'm kind of like dude they're yours for the rest of the night they're yours like don't bother me leave me the f alone like (laughs) and he's like well I'm at work doing work and I'm like yeah but you're not here all day with them (laughs) like you don't know how I feel right now you know what I mean but then I try to explain to him like you get a break you know what I mean like you get to go be by yourself like I know, I know how you feel about it, but I'm just like, I try to give him like my perspective of, of the feeling, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, even though you're not really on a break, you're on a break from us. Like you're not with us for six, seven hours out of your day. You know what I mean? Like I'm with them 24 freaking seven and it's like driving me insane. All right. I'm going to tag in, right? No, this is about us. Let me me give you a, let me give you a couple perspectives on this, right? Um, one, you usually go to the office with now me. I now I do, yes. Okay. Now I do, so, yes. I'm talking about when you first went back. So I said that. now they're interrupting my workflow because you got Carter <laughs> running around with a bag of Funyuns and an iPad all day. Um, and double fishing drinks. Just, yes. just climbing on stuff. Just dad, 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 right? So he's interrupted my whole whatever <laughs> bit of peace you thought I had. And also, too, I don't even go to work half the days of the week because – the minute I wake up, you're like, don't you want to work from home? Yeah, now that you have a computer here. <laughs> don't, don't you? Won't you just stay home today? Right? What so, he's really saying is stay your ass home so I don't shoot everybody. And you know what I tell I'm like, I get nothing done when I stay home. Even though I hide, I go down into the boom, boom room and I get on my computer and here comes Carter 20 seconds later, you know, or he, I hear him stomping around and I come up to say something to him. So it's highly unproductive. No, I know. I'm, I was, like I said, I was talking about when you first started going back Mm. a few months ago before I even started working in the office. You did call me the first, first or second second day. Second or third. It was the second second day day of virtual learning. And you were like, like losing it and I was like Kofi it's only been like two days it's been like a day and a half are you okay you know like you were you were like I can't deal with this and I'm so sick of being a teacher and I was like well listen like like they were like Jaden was fine Jaden didn't have any issues on the computer he got right on he knew what he was doing I didn't have to worry about Jaden however Lily the whole setup was completely different from last year so we're trying to figure this out together I barely know what I'm doing. She doesn't know shit about what she's doing. So I'm trying to like figure this stuff out. <laughs> then I got Carter. Mom, I'm hungry. Mom, I'm thirsty. Mom, I got to poop. Mom, I, I want a snack. Like he's in my ear trying to mom, mom, mom. You know what I mean? Like ripping on my shirt. Like 
I'm like, Carter, chill out. I got to do this. Lily, I got to figure out how to open up a whole new classroom and put in these different codes to open up the classrooms or whatever. So like, it was just all so much at like one time. And it was like two full days of doing all this and her needing me every five minutes. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to get anything done here. I don't know how I'm going to take care of Carter. I don't know how I'm going to do all this on the computer. Like, I'm going to go crazy. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm going to go crazy. Thankfully, things calmed down and she gradually started learning how to do her own things. So like it got a little bit better, but good Lord, that first week was straight hell. (laughs) I'm over here cracking up because all I can can picture is Lily (laughs) posting all these TikToks with special (laughs) effects and all this music and she can't navigate her yeah it's funny but it's not funny (laughs) so you know what we learn to do we learn to cope and to figure out solutions to these so i'm going to transition so let's talk about how we cope with with mental health there you go yeah so let's get back on track a little bit here um so obviously we we we've already discussed that we all have people in our lives who you know have mental health issues and illnesses that we deal with um you and i have had to adjust many many things to find compromises and ways to deal with different situations um i don't know Kristen. maybe you could talk about some of the ways you cope with you know how to get through both you and ryan's mental health issues and sort of how you make the best of those situations i'm sure you've read a lot more than i have on mental health because i'm busy reading sports stuff every day so (laughs) What 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 do you do, I guess? How do you guys cope with some of the things that come up? Um, so one of the things that has always just stuck with me since, you know, my college days and, and doing the, the classwork and the internships and that kind of stuff, um, I had a professor that told us once, you have to have a tool belt. You know, you take a tool belt with you in any job you go to, you know, not, not a literal physical tool belt, but you, you go to work. You go to work prepared. You know what you need to do. You know all the different resources to run your business. Um, you know, I have a tool belt at work for when I need to do things. And, and so we all need to have a mental health tool belt. Um, and that is really hard to build um, and, and really kind of use or utilize when you need it. Um, for some people, their tool belt is built with medication and counseling and yoga. Um, you know, for other people, it might be counseling and going on a nature walk or, you know, like everyone has a tool belt that they need to develop that works for them for their mental health. Um, and so for me, I know that, you know, when I, when I was suffering from my postpartum depression, my tool belt consisted of medication, counseling, um, you know, family support was huge for me. That that was, you know, I needed to have family members that I knew I could talk to and they weren't going to get tired of hearing me. Because that's the other problem. We exhaust our resources if we overutilize them. So making sure that our tool belt is just really well developed with multiple tools for us to, to deal with things. And, and it's the same, you know, for someone suffering from addiction, someone suffering from bipolar, right. you know, everyday mental health, depression, anxiety, um, you know, just making sure what, what is it that you can do today to help you have a better day or to be successful today. It can't just be one thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because when I, when I used to interview people, 
at North Bay, it was one of the questions I always asked. Like I always, you know, I, I would say I wasn't super aware of mental health stuff at the time because I was still kind of young, but I would always ask people like, Hey, this job, you know, you're going to deal with a lot of different situations and a lot of stress. And, you know, you're going to hear things from kids that things they're dealing with at home that you're going to carry with you. And it's going to be hard to let go. Like, what do you do to clear your head? You know, what Mm -hmm. do you do to reset and kind of start over? And I know I've like, I've talked to you a lot about that in the past. It's just like, you know, it's weird. Again, I don't know a ton, but I know like diet your diet affects your mental health and Mm -hmm. like your exercising. And there's so many things. There's so many things that just like make it, you know, (laughs) up and down. Um, But we've, yeah, we've always kind of talked about like, whether it be exercising, whether it be running, whether it be yoga, whether it be meditation, right? Like there's so many different things that, that Yeah. So a while I, I remember like going back and forth with you a little bit about, mental health issues and like depression or whatever, because I felt like, because you didn't really have to deal with it. Like you didn't understand about how I felt. Sure. You know what I mean? So like, but then I remember you took some seminar or something at North Bay or at a, whatever job you had, I forget. And then you kind of came back to me and you like, you understood it a little more. Like you had a better understanding of how I was feeling and what I was going through and, it was kind of like a relief. It was kind of like, Oh, thank God. He kind of like understands now from like talking to him a little bit, you know what I mean? Like, so now maybe he'll, he'll, he'll get it and he'll have a better understanding of why sometimes act crazy or how, you know what I mean? Like why I'm feeling this way this day. Like, so it was kind of like a relief when you kind of got a better idea of the whole thing between. And then also I had two people who worked under me who both, had you know some mental uh mental health issues that like you know they struggled to deal with some things and I'm like what this job's easy you know what I mean like being a little insensitive at first just not understanding and being like whoa like yeah because I'm very much a like problems come up and it's like I can only control what I can control so I'm not gonna make a huge deal about it like we're just gonna deal with it we're gonna find a solution we're gonna keep it moving and I would see you know people who work for me break down and I'm like wait like this isn't even a big thing (laughs) you know what I mean like (laughs) and just not understanding at all how they're you know to them it is a really big thing um and so yeah it definitely was some some training and talking to people and getting to know you know and sort of understanding and I did push that when I did I started to push a little bit like hey you need to find an outlet you need to find something to you know sort of help you so I think it's interesting because I find a hard time you know that I'm I'm brutally honest and mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you like it is and when you're wrong you're wrong and for better or for worse some people who hate me for it you're always supposed to back your spouse and you're supposed to support your spouse but I'm just not going to you know not going to do it I, I'm going to support you of course but when you're wrong you're wrong I think it's hard to one of the most difficult things to me is just trying to figure out that balance of like supporting you and being there for you um, and being there for someone that we love who's dealing with these issues and taking on taking on so much of it Right. And, but like not over exhausting yourself and that because these mental health issues, they can become your mental health issues if Mm -hmm. you take on more than you can chew. Yeah. Um, and so it's weird. I always have a hard time with figuring out like what's enabling and what's, you know, being supportive. Right. Yeah. That's good. That's interesting, Peter, because in the back of my head, I was thinking like that this is definitely going to turn to like, are we supporting our partner, our friend, our family member, or are we enabling them? Um, And, you know, I know 
I'm a very controlling person. I like to have my T's crossed, my I's dotted. I like things to be done the way they're supposed to be done. And um, I think for um, Ryan, it was one of those things where, like, he didn't know what was going on with himself. Um, And so I kind of took control of his mental health. I could see that. Um, and so, you know, he was like, well, what do you mean this? Or what do you mean that? And I'm like, well, no, Rai, you're, you're suffering from something. I can see your facial expression change, or I can see this change or that change and your attitude has changed. And, um, so now, now that he's kind of familiar with his own triggers and his own, you know, the way it makes him feel, um, he can, he can pretty much like tell me when he gets up in the morning he's like I can tell it's going to be a hard day today yes and so I can kind of then prepare myself like okay you know he he's having a rough day so I need to keep myself in check today because we can't both have bad days today but (laughs) you know um just just him being able to recognize like okay today's gonna be rough but I am letting her know I'm giving her fair one and I appreciate that because it's that small like hey it's going to be a rough day today that makes me just kind of check myself and, and just remember like, okay, you know, he's got more going on than what meets the eye. And, you know, I think that Kofi probably experiences this too with, with stuff that she's kind of battled. Kofi is like a naturally happy person. You know, she, at least, you know, my experiences with you are always laughter, <laughs> right. you know, they're like laughter induced. It's, it's cry laughing. It's, it's wheeze laughing. Um, so so when you're not that, it's it's scary, it's intimidating, and it's very worrisome. You know, I know I've been with you guys through a very dark patch when Kofi was what I would consider probably one of, like, her most sickest times, you know, like when, when she right. was really down and out. And, mm-hmm. and I was scared for her, you know. I was like, gosh, like, I just remember very vividly, like, saying to her, Kofi, like, you have us like just please don't make any rash decisions because I was terrified. Um, and you know, I think you've come so far since then and just your own recognition of just mental health and stuff like that. And, and again, coping mechanisms and understanding your own triggers. But, um, there's definitely a point of like enabling versus supporting. And, and I think we just exhaust the people that we love the most because we think they're always just going to love us through it. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, cause that's what I think about. I mean, definitely when you were, obviously, I was not very supportive when, you know, when all this stuff was happening. But then also not knowing much about it, you know, like I'm like, you're acting crazy, which, like, uh, that's the last thing, you know, you probably want to say to anyone dealing with any right. kind of mental health issues. But like, I was definitely a lot, like, I just had no patience for it and just couldn't understand where a lot of it was coming from you know obviously some of it I get and I get the triggers but like some things I'd be like wow like this is such a big you know even leading up to that time like you get upset about something and it's this huge ordeal and I'm like like how did we get here like Mm -hmm. and I but not that kind of way (laughs) you know instead of trying to find a solution it was like you're fucking crazy like you know get away from me like what what is going on here um and whereas though now it's like I get it and uh, you know and there's compromises and I'm trying to I'm trying to be here for you and and understand uh what I can do better to help you uh and also but yeah I just I've always struggled with you see people and and in their relationships and let's just even say friendships not even just marriages 
but like people, sometimes people have to walk away. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's what is difficult. Like it's, it's, it's hard to tell someone like, yeah, well your significant other has mental health issues and like, you got to stay there and you got to just work through it. But like there, where is the point? You know what I mean? Like where, not that I'm at that point, but like, where (laughs) is the point of like, Hey, this is just too much for everybody. Right. Like, it's bad. That's not what you want to see happen. But I, I think that's a real thing. I think like there's only so much a person can deal with before they have now, you know. Yeah. Them. And then it, it changes that person. And that's the last thing you, you really want. You know, you don't want to lose your own identity and trying to help someone else save theirs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what scares me with enabling, just like in general. I mean, you know, whatever. I see other people who support people they love and like sort of how they enable them and that's why with you it's like I find this balance of you know I don't always have to tell you you're wrong right then and there I can say it later (laughs) you know I can find a way to say it now and maybe sometimes your tough love approach is just fine (laughs) (laughs) you know sometimes I'm like whoa I don't know I don't know but just fine sometimes at least I understand now like it can wait I, I can say it in a few minutes you know not yeah. always great at it you're right <laughs> uh you know I'm, like I said I'm gonna be true to it but some days it's just like not worth having that conversation um so yeah this is all you know it's interesting because um you know obviously Kofi and I have kind of monopolized the conversation and just talking about the struggles of women and moms and you know just <laughs> just our day-to-day but I certainly don't well I know we're running short on time here but I certainly wouldn't want to not bring to light the fact that men in our society um, certainly have their fair share of struggles too and mental health for men is an even bigger brush it under the carpet than it is for women Um, you know I think of like our soldiers that come back from fighting wars we don't have any like good services for them as far as what they've been through but you know happy fourth of July because they protect our freedom and um, you know so like I just I think it's, and I know I've, you know, highlighted Ryan and some of his struggles, but, you know, there's people that, there's men that face far worse um, than, than what Ryan experiences. And I, I wish that our society would recognize in general, mental health for men and women as part of our everyday health and care versus just when there's an episode that needs addressed. Yeah, we, we were listening. Well, I was listening and you kind of fell asleep, fell asleep. I was listening to a podcast earlier, actually, and it's a sports podcast. But they were talking about how um, it was a bunch of athletes and they were saying like when they retired, um, they really struggled with like, what now? Like, what am I going to do now? And like, this is what I always had. And this is all I've ever known. And like, since I've been 18, I've been an athlete. And now I can no longer be an athlete. And like they all fell in depression and they were kind of telling stories about, you know, just different, different stuff that they dealt with. And that hit home with me too, because I feel like even friends of mine, like when we have conversations as men, like very rarely uh, does someone allow themselves to like really show that vulnerability and, just, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm dealing with this, you know, but it is becoming a little more, um, it happens a little more often. Like some of my friends now, as we we've gotten older are getting to the point of saying like, man, like my anxiety has just been crazy, you know, because I feel like men will, will try and carry it and, yeah. and hold it and, you know, not, not mention say anything, it. right. Yeah. Like, 
And so, I don't know, it's just interesting because that makes it even more difficult to assess and to help and to, you know, and whereas though, like now I'm borderline hypochondriac, I'm like, hey, look, uh, I'm really stressed today, <laughs> you know, like. Uh, My blood pressure is a little high today. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on, you know, whereas though before, like, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't have that conversation, yeah. you know. And, and it's funny because I've been super, like, obviously I'm getting fat and I got like this dad bod. I'm going to blame COVID, but I was already getting fat. But, um, I've been like super, like we need to get, you know, a treadmill and this, so I can just get up and exercise every day because I'm, you know, I'm just starting to realize like there's so much stress that I'm carrying that I used to always have an outlet for. Um, and if I don't find an outlet for it, it's going to catch up to me, you know? And so, yeah, I think, men as we start to get a little older we're starting and i i just think people talking about it more is making it more of a comfortable topic Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah um but yeah i'm starting to be a lot more aware of like hey i need an outlet for this right Mm -hmm. because life you know whatever relationships children work it all adds up and if i have no way of you know because like we see people who exercise every day and we're like dude like how you do it how you get up at five in the morning every day and run like you know and you have conversations with people who are like if i don't run every day like my day is done you know like it's just i I wish i could be that person because if i'm running i hope you can run faster something's chasing me i I wish (laughs) i could be a runner because i am not (laughs) no yeah but like in all seriousness i feel like just kind of feeding off like what you said i feel like if more people did talk about it they would realize that there are so many other people who who deal with it or struggle with it yeah and it would become normalized a little more you know what i mean like it would it wouldn't be such a secret or it wouldn't be so hard to talk about because people would understand that so many other people deal with mental health issues right you yeah. know what i mean yeah so, it would be like a community almost you know yeah i mean especially you know like you said given the times and you know what everybody's dealing with right now, depending on work and school and, you know, how they're going to virtual teach virtually teach their, their kids. And, you know what I mean? There's just so much going on right now. I feel like it's like, you know, mental health issues are at, a, at an all time high. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know? I would so, agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I just feel like, you know, people, like you said, like men don't, or yeah, they yeah. don't really talk about it but i feel like if they did they would realize that their friends are maybe going through the same thing or yeah you know like i'm super light-skinned i don't care about talking about my emotions like (laughs) listen it is what it is i you know because some things you know if you don't talk to somebody about them like you're not you're never going to find a solution so yeah um yeah, I don't know. This is this was this has been great, actually. Yeah, the, see, I told you once we started talking about it, I felt like it would just come naturally and we'd be good. So, but I think it's awesome that we were able to highlight such an important topic. I I appreciate you guys bringing me on to this because, as you both know, mental health is near and dear to my heart. So I am always happy to highlight it, talk about it, be a part of supporting people with it. Um, so thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, Kristen. Not being scared. Everybody else is scared. <laughs> well, Listen, now maybe... if I sound like a chipmunk the whole time, I might have issues. <laughs> no, you sound perfect. Sound great. Sound great. So, yeah, thank you for coming on. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna wrap this thing up, right? You got yeah. anything else you want to add? No, I'm good. I'm. I feel pretty good about it. Kristen, anything? 
It's your last chance. No, I, 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 I'm excited to hear kind of the final product. I just think it's going to be a nice highlight, especially for folks our age that, you know, are probably going through the same exact thing. And it's it's going to normalize some stuff for people, which I'm excited about. Yeah, Yeah. me too. Me too. Thank you for being our our top fan on. Yeah, on the social media. On our social media. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) We greatly appreciate it. And just, just know next time we come on here, we're talking about some fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Our next episode has to be something. Please don't mind if it's something that steers completely away from everything that we've been talking about, but we're going to have to start getting some juicy stuff on this show. So. I think the the next show should be what the boom boom room is at your house. (laughs) Oh, Oh, well, that's easy. That's, that's, that's a, if you've seen Life, the movie Life, you'd kind of get an idea of where we were going with it. But it was just funny because CJ mentioned something. He's like, oh, he's, he, he mentioned one thing about the Boom Boom Room, and we didn't even think it was going to stick. And then the next time Lily came down here, she said something like, oh, no, Carter, we're not allowed in the Boom Boom Room. <laughs> <laughs> so it just caught us completely off guard, and then that's when it kind of stuck. Told like, your mom, told my parents it was the Boom Boom Room. <laughs> They're all kind of like, what the hell? The Boom Boom Room? <laughs> my dad, when, my, when, my, when, when she said it around my dad, my dad was like, uh, do I even want to fucking know what the boom boom room is? <laughs> Got some 50 shit happening in the <laughs> For real. But yeah, that was just, mm. anyway, we'll, we'll explain that another day. It's really not that much, but, but yeah, guys, um, Kristen, I'll text you. Maybe I'll get on some TikTok and we can wheeze laugh together in a little while. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> While I get irritated. We love you. Thanks for coming on, Kristen. Thanks, everybody, for night. listening. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Till Podcast Do Us Part. Subscribe now so you never miss an episode at www.tillpodcastdoespart.com and follow us on social media at Till Podcast Do Us Part or tweet us at Till Podcast Show. Yeah, I'm better than worse with a whole lot of fun. It's a podcast to us, part. We're better than